All right, we are recording. All right. Hey, friends, welcome to another edition of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Bakers. I am your tribal hostess, your movement motivator, your passion inspirator. And I'm happy to do another edition, another episode of Heart and Hustle with our guest today is Annie Adamson. Um, she is a yoga queen. <laughs> and I'm so excited to have her here and share parts of her inspiration and what she's created and what she's doing and making it fabulous in the world. Welcome, Annie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ah, so good to have you here. We've actually been trying to do this for, I think, almost a year. <laughs> yeah, and then I moved out to the country, and now things have settled a little bit. So Nice, nice, nice. So why don't you tell, tell our peeps a little bit about yourself? Okay, um, it's interesting, too, because when people ask me my, what I do for my job, and, you know, you said she's a yoga queen, but when people ask, I don't, I don't say that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people I'm a firefighter and then they say, what do you mean? And I say, so often as a community leader and running a community in Portland, I'm putting out fires. Like that's what I do for my job ah. because there's, there's so many things that require attention. And oftentimes it feels that way for Todd and I, where we're just managing and putting out fires. Mm -hmm. So that's one aspect of our job, um, which is amazing and also very challenging we've been 13 years into running our business in Portland and it's such a blessing and it's also the hardest work you could do you know just so and, and your business is your yoga union the, the yes wellness center okay yes yeah so I run 200 hour teacher trainings 300 hour holistic yoga therapy trainings and primal vinyasa teacher trainings as well as I have a private practice that I run through Prima Health so um I work with people one-on-one -on -one for injury rehab, mental, physical, all sorts of ailments that, um, you know, people, people come in with. And I love what you said that you inspire people to keep moving because that's also my job is just to keep people moving and to remember that movement is their greatest ally in their life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. I know it's, it's, uh, well, you're, uh, you're a bit younger than me, but what I see is uh, older women forgetting how to move or not allowing themselves to move or forgetting about being in their feminine body. And in my particular style movement, because it's belly dance based, it's about the feminine, you know, the curves and the hips and the, the belly and the power center and the creative center and all the feminine juices. And I see women as they age, forgetting about that or letting that part of them die. Um, mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think culturally as well, when I, a lot, a large part of my demographic of people that I work with at Prima Health is through women that are of the elder population or moving in towards being an elder and they come in and culturally just based on what we hear and what we do, we wear so much clothing where we're binding our body shoes that don't allow our feet to respond to sens sensory input of the earth. And so when I get people upstairs in my room, it's more about training, retraining their brain and helping them to remember that they know how to move. For instance, I had a new client that hadn't 
actually gotten out of a chair without help in 10 years, has not been on the ground in 10 years or used the stairs. And in one session, I got her up and down out of the chair with no help onto the ground and up and up and down the stairs without holding onto the railing. She was completely safe, but it was her brain that forgot that she could move that way. And my job was to remind her she didn't get stronger in one session. She got emotionally awakened and remembered her ability to move. Oh, that's so powerful. It's mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We get talked into things. Doctors tell us things. People tell us things instead of listening to our own self and our own desires. Right. Right. Wow. That's so powerful. Thank you for doing that amazing work. I don't know if you actually saw this. I don't watch the news very often, but I was watching it last week because of the fires. We, we had a bunch of fires in, in our areas. And there's a new wheelchair that will go, that will help you be on the beach and put your feet in the ocean. Oh, wow. And they show this woman, she says, I grew up on the beach and I haven't been in the water for, I don't know how many years, many years. And she right. was in tears and she was in this wheelchair that allowed her to put her feet in the ocean. Wow. I know. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our sensory experiences are really important. Really, what I've done with my holistic yoga therapeutic school and with Primal Vinyasa, Primal Vinyasa is a sensory retraining practice where we get back to moving and recognizing what is our birthright. So I'm really, I don't like to say that I teach yoga, but I remind people of their movement. And so often it's like, getting back into the vestibular sense, getting back into understanding our interoception, our proprioception, moving our body contralaterally, um, using the, the ground reaction forces of the earth to actually jump and lift and skip, and also being able to migrate and move out of the sagittal plane and actually help people to remember that their diversity and their aliveness through their movement patterns. That's really my job. I don't really actually I don't really teach traditional yoga anymore, traditional yoga shapes, because I have, I've trained so many people to do that and they do it really well. Um, and so at my studio, I have fantastic teachers and now my job is to step back for, and, and work more therapeutically. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like my mission is to, to remind people of their capabilities and, and help them to get out of those um, ideas and those shames and those shoulds and those shouldn'ts that, are, are put on us. And so I've stepped away from teaching public classes so that I can actually be a voice for change and, and help to, to really drive that home for people that movement truly is our birthright. And we cannot forget that. Absolutely. Oh, it's so beautiful. How did you get to where you are today? I mean, how is this path unfolding for you? I know you're a woman of the earth and you're, you're sacred. So many beautiful things. Well, you know, I was an interesting child, and I, I come from a big family. I have five sisters and a brother, and my parents were split up. But my mom, she's very wild. She's a gypsy-type woman. She never wanted to follow the rules, and she's just, she's just amazing. And so, and I've always been very close to my mom. When I was about 10, my mom went on a plane to Vienna and, and went blind, and um, they said that she had MS, but she ended up with what's called optic neuritis 
where the optic nerve had some issues. And I was so, so scared. And they told me in the hospital, my mom wouldn't be able to walk. She wouldn't be able to see me grow up. And they, they really, really frightened us. And so my, I just remember my mom in tears and I asked my grandmother to take me to the library. Mm. And I went to the library and I studied everything I could about MS and optic neuritis and looked in as many books as I could. And I ended up finding my way to acupressure mm-hmm. and went into the hospital with my mom and they said she needed to be able to urinate in order to be able to leave the hospital. And I went in and did all these acupressure points on my mom and she was able to go to the bathroom and her sight started to come back. And I was just a small girl. And I knew in that moment just the power of healing and the, also the power of fear. And I never really stopped on that path of, of helping and healing. And I, I consider myself a first responder. I'm the first person to show up if there's a bee sting, if there's a problem, if somebody falls, if somebody's choking, whatever's. I'm the first person always there. It's just been what's happened to me you know, karmically, dharmically throughout my life. And so it's driven me to study movement, herbs, like everything I can in the realm of ailments. I I listen to emergency medicine for entertainment, you know, it's like, and it started really young. And so I stayed on that path. I really started yoga from a therapeutic perspective. I started helping people one-on-one when I lived in the Bahamas, way before I even started teaching public classes public classes was when I came to Portland and I needed to make money. I was a single mom with a seven, seven year old. And so I needed to be able to make an income because I um, moved to the city and it just, Portland's been such a blessing because I've been able to grow my practice and grow my business. I moved here when I was 23 with seven year old and um, you know, I just, She's 19. She just graduated. She's been traveling the world by herself as a woman. Um, Turkey and Egypt and all the places they say not to go. But speaking of fear, I never scared her of the world. Um, So she's very much in her body. She's very strong. She's very smart. She's very kind and compassionate. I had her when I was 17. So that was another path of, of healing and going down, you know, like everybody said, you can't have a baby when you're that young, tried to scare me. It should, shouldn't shame. There was so much shame around having the baby so young. And I was, you know, I've always been pretty fierce and I just was like, double flip you off. I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to have the baby. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> double flip you off. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Ah, oh, so good. So, um, you, you owned this business with a partner? Well, I moved to Portland and I started going to Yoga Union, which was on 50th and Lincoln back then in the little house next to Kyoko, who was this woman who owned it originally as a store. And she was just amazing. And I went in there and they had stinky carpet and it was a Bikram studio and it was just kind of suffering. And yeah. A lot of you remember that place yeah. and it was suffering, but it was still, it was, a, had a strong heart, you know, and the owner, Julie at the time, um, wasn't looking for teachers. And I came and I said, Hey, I teach therapeutic yoga. I teach vinyasa, which in, in the early two thousands, like it wasn't very strong in Portland. Nobody was doing teacher trainings really. Um, there wasn't a lot of vinyasa. So I said, 
I went in there, I took a class and then I saw her and I said, um, you know, I think I could really help your studio grow. And if you're open to it, I just need you to give me six classes a week and I'll move here. Cause I still lived in Sandpoint. She'd never met me. And I said, I said, I will make your classes successful and I'll help you in the studio, but I need you to give me six classes. I'll do them in the South studio. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll teach vinyasa. She was like, what's vinyasa? And so she hired me, which just on blind faith, um, I, I pretty much convinced her I'm pretty good at that. And I, and I moved here, started teaching the classes and within one year she offered me the business. And so she was like, you know, you're here all the time. You've grown the, the clients. People are coming to your classes. This is amazing. And I met my now husband in one of the vinyasa classes that I was subbing, or maybe it was a hot class. And he was 24. I was 24. And within, you know, one year I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this business. I need your help. I'm going to have to teach you how to teach yoga. He was a bricklayer at the time, a Mason. And I was like, you're gonna have to quit your job. We're going to buy this business. She basically hold, held paper on it and we bought it for what it was under for. And she was just an angel. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and trusted us. And within one year, we paid her back. All the students in the community donated to get the carpet out. We put in a hardwood floor. The next year, I ran a 200-hour teacher training. I really had no idea what I was doing, but nobody was running them. I think it was 2003-ish. Mm -hmm. And I ran, I ran one of the first um, vinyasa teacher trainings that was happening in Portland and have continued to do it every single year since then. And we continue to, to grow the business and the community's just been really amazing. And our teachers are fantastic. Our team is excellent. Isn't that so good? Having such a great yeah. team. I know, I feel I'm so blessed right now too. I have the most amazing team around the world. And it's just, it's such a reward for me to see their growth and their opportunities and to see the good work they're doing. Uh, so yeah, have that connection in those people, you know, surround yourself with the people that lift you up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true right now because we moved, we moved the old yoga union into the breed building. Um, we did the project with Todd's parents, my two best friends, another guy, um, Chris Clarko, who actually bought the building. And it was just like all of us close friends and family had to go through this three year process to, to move the building, to build it out. And it was really challenging for everybody. And we came out on the other side. I work upstairs at Prima with my two best friends, Winter and Kate, and it's just such a blessing. And it also requires the clearest, kindest, most compassionate communication working with my husband, working with my husband's parents, we have to communicate. And that's the real practice is being in relationship that close and in community that close mm -hmm. and our team and everybody it's not like oh it's just yoga it's nice and fun it takes work and it takes practice and it, it really takes those conversations that are difficult and hard and expressing ourselves and saying what we need speaking when we're uncomfortable and it's it's really that's that's the practice yes, that's it's delicious though it's it's hard but it's yeah. so rewarding right? Mm -hmm. to, yeah. to live your truth, to live your truth and be in tribe, be in that community yeah. where everybody has their part. Everybody's yeah. important. Everybody has their say. And yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. We couldn't do it alone. We could do nothing alone. People, whenever they say, oh, you're, 
you're so amazing. Or they, you know, I always think, well, I certainly wouldn't be this amazing without the wonderful people in my life. I would be quite, quite different, you know? Like, so true. And you know, one of the things I find, especially in a lot with my coaching clients is that the women, and I work predominantly with women, um, is that they're afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I can do it all, or I'm just going to settle and I'm not going to go there. Right. You know, it's either one or the other. And I used to be that person. It's like, oh, yeah, I can do it. I'm one of yeah. I can fucking do it all. You know? I can do it all. Yeah, I don't need anybody, nothing. Yeah. And uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of how my mother is, you know, and, and I saw that growing up with her because she's just been so strong and she kind of did it all. But it took a toll. And now she's, I think she's learning to ask for help. And um, now it's my turn. I have a 92-year-old granny that lives in um, Portland. And I go and see her every week. And mm -hmm. she's just like one of the greatest gifts in my life. We moved her out there. And we just were buying property in Milano. So when we finish building our house, we're going to move granny up there because she just, she wants to be in the mount on the mountain with us. But to have our elders alive is just, it's such a gift. And I get to ask her all the questions that I didn't ask my other grandmother because I was too young and too naive to ask all the questions. Where did, where did you come from? What's your history? What do you, you know, where is your heart? Like, what did you dream? What do you wish you did that you didn't do? You know, where are you going when you die? All the questions, you know, the elders, it's just so, it's just so fantastic. And my, my granny, you know, she says all the time, she's like, well, when I go, and then I say, well, where are you going? You know, we laugh, and she's just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really, my mom is 92, and, and uh, she's, she's doing all right, but, huh. yeah, you think about, you think about what happens later, what's on the other side, where do you go? You know, this is, this is our life right now, and to be so present and so conscious, every day it's mm -hmm. easy to get caught up in a whirlwind man oh i've been there so many times you know, yeah you know, get off that whirly gig <laughs> mm -hmm. the struggle that's you know we ended up in the country through struggle because my son my son Tabor, who's eight now um we put him he went to an amazing preschool mm -hmm. and was thriving and then we started him we were like, okay, we'll do public school because Portland has all these like art schools and everything. And long story short, the public school system completely was so traumatizing for him that he, um, he got like really debilitating anxiety and wouldn't let us leave him. We, every time we'd drop him off, he would scream and run out of the building and he was never that way, but the, the school was just loud. And now, now I know more about the way that he processes the world. And they didn't get enough movement and he couldn't take his rain boots off. He was uncomfortable. The lights were bright. People were screaming in the lunchroom. It was just so much sensory input coming in and he was literally uncomfortable and then he wouldn't eat, then he wouldn't drink water. And so by the time we picked him up, he was just totally wrecked. And for an entire year or so of that, it, rewired his brain you know we we understand that the neurons that fire together wire together so the more if you have a limp the more you limp the more you limp and it's a train wreck up your body and with his brain his brain was limping along and worrying and anxious and so the more that happened he started to develop almost like these little ticks and he was waddling and he was flapping his hands he was like choking on his food he wasn't clear in his speech which was never the case 
And so we thought, oh my gosh, like, did he develop something? Like what's going on? Then I started to do more research. Richard Louv coined the term um, nature deficit disorder. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he didn't have, yeah, I knew that he didn't have an attention deficit disorder or all of these other um, pathologies going on that it was literally his environment was making him sick. Oh. One day I picked him up from school in first grade and, and he just was so wrecked and he looked at me and he goes, mommy, fundamentally it's not okay that I can't take my rain boots off in school. And he was just crying and he was like, I'm so uncomfortable. And I was like, you never have to go back. And we just tried to figure it out. And I called Todd. I'm like, he's never going back to public school. Our life, we're hitting eject on everything that we're doing. And so he was really, really suffering. I mean, it was, his health was suffering. And I, if we tried to give him to anybody, he would, he would bolt and, and he would run into the street. It was dangerous. Like I could, and it was ruining our life because we couldn't let him go with anybody. Well, we ended up, my midwife, who um, is amazing out here in Aurora, we came and checked out the school a long ways after doing so many different things, so many different processes. And he's been in that school for one year now. We live in the country. It's been a year. And he's climbing up the fire pole. He's riding his mountain bike. He's, he's totally fine. You know, he's thriving. He's strong. His, his health, he doesn't have any more waddling. He's not flapping his arms. He doesn't have any ticks. And now he knows, he's like, Mom, you know, our brains are really powerful really powerful and he was like if I would have stayed there he said this to me two days ago he's like if I would have stayed in the city and I didn't have nature I think I would have been what do you call it special need and I said I said yeah he's like I felt really sick in my brain wow you know that's super super tuned in kid and super intense yeah Yeah. and he's not he's not sick anymore yeah good for him good for you Yeah. So that's kind of where a lot of the the movement retraining, I mean, through my son's own journey and through that whole journey of like three years of discovering what goes on in the brain when we're worried and when we're afraid led me to the primal vinyasa and, and kind of categorizing certain of the practices like the contralateral, getting the brain back online and, and moving in ways that actually awaken our brain and, and retrain it and get us back to a place of feeling resilient and safe. And so a lot of my work now has been informed through my studies of watching my own child suffer in an environment that, that was really not good for him. And so I am grateful for the struggle and I, it was, it's been really, really, really hard and we did not give up and neither did he. And so it's just, you know, our journeys, all of us, we find our way to our deepest work, usually through struggle. (laughs) Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's an amazing story. Amazing um, clarity and confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. So we're staying in the country. That's where we belong. (laughs) Portland's not that far. You know, it's 45 minutes. And with the traffic anyways, it's everything takes 40 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Traffic traffic goes crazy. Uh, We we did that. We had moved out to the country for a while for six years. And we had to move back into our house that we kept um, in Portland. And I miss it. I totally get it. I really miss living in the country. Yeah, we sold it. We sold our house on Mount Tabor and that was kind of scary because it was a six bedroom house on Mount Tabor. 
And now we're living where I am right now. This is a tiny house. We're in 450 square feet. And we've been living here for a year with me and Todd and our two dogs in 450 square feet. But we're on five acres and we've been looking for property, which um, is, I think it's going to close by, by next week. So we're really excited. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Um, what was, I was just going to ask you something else. Um, so I met, I, I met, indirectly met you through Pixie. Right. And so you do some retreats? Is that yeah, right? I've, I've done, we've done retreats. Um, I've gone to her Soul Lodge every year. Mm -hmm. And Pixie and I have done some workshops at the studio, as well as we did a Versada Ranch retreat. That woman is incredible. I just love her so much. And what she's offering, what she's putting out is just totally the real deal. She's been so inspiring. And um, from the moment that I met her, there was, she's just really great at holding that equal space mm. and helping other people rise up with her. She's not at all interested in becoming above anyone. And I just, I appreciate that because she is so wise and she's got so much to share and she's just so compassionate and so willing to share it. Um, and she's funny. I just love that. She's got grit and she's funny, <laughs> you know? So I'm just grateful for people that, you know, are, are willing to share in that way and hold space in that way. That's what I mean. It's like surround yourself with the people that inspire you, that lift you up, that you can also lift up and inspire, you know, so that yeah. we all rise up. Yeah, it's true. And uh -oh. she recently, there you go. Okay. There we are. And she recently did my primal vinyasa teacher training. So that was nice to have her in there for that. And, um, yeah, we, we really like each other. <laughs> I love it. So let me ask you this. So aside from, from running the business and raising your son and having everything that you're doing in your life, what do you do daily for yourself? Like what's your self care? What's your daily ritual? Um, I'm a big fan of body oiling. So in, in the way of Abhyanga, I make a lot of oil. Mm. I use yarrow oil, hypericum oil, comfrey oil. And depending on the season or what's going on, I, I dry brush every day and I oil maybe three or four times a day. I know that seems crazy, oh, but I'm, really? yeah, I oil because my constitution, I tend towards um, heat excitation. I tend towards a lot of the kind of hot pitta tendencies where my skeleton gets really kind of cracky and dry. And mm. so, um, with the oiling, it really, really helps my constitution. And I feel I could stretch and move all day long, but the oiling brings in that hydration that we can't get from water. We are so dehydrated as a culture and the, the oiling hydrates us because every single cell in our body is made up of oil, but through bad oils that we ingest and also the environment being, being more predominantly drying, um, people feel really stiff and achy and we just can't ingest enough oil. So the external oiling or the abhyanga is, I, I think everyone needs to do it and you just need to find the, the proper oil for your body. And I've never heard that word, abhyanga. Yeah, Abhyanga, A-B-H-Y-A-N-G-A. -A -A. It's an Ayurvedic practice that... Wait, hold on, I'm writing this down. A-B-H-Y-A-N-G-A, -A -A, Abhyanga. Cool, all right. Nice. Yeah. So oil, 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 and especially in your ears, up your nose, in the parts, 
Um, oil your feet before bed. Wash your feet and then oil your feet. It's really will help your sleep. Um, so yeah, I've been oiling every day for maybe 20 years. And that's, that's my saving grace is, is oiling. It's luscious. I know it seems really quite simple, but it's the most profound thing I could share with, oh. with everybody that's listening, you know. And simple is, is divine anyway, so that's fantastic. Yeah, and it's easy to make your own calendula oil or St. John's oil or Yarrow oil or whatever you love, lavender oil. Um, I love the oils that, that tend to take down inflammation. So that's really nice. And then, you know, I'm just, a, I'm a lover of nature and plants and, um, moving. And the, one of the things that for self care is I, I, I really study a lot. I read and I study a lot and I, I just out of books, like not on the online so much. I love actual paper books. <laughs> so that's, that's really my, my favorite way of self care is oiling and, and reading. Mm -hmm. Love it. I love it. Yeah. So I, this has just been awesome. I'm so glad we finally got to have this interview conversation. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I love what you're doing and, and all the women that you are interviewing. I watched um, your YouTube and I just, just, it's amazing what you're putting out and all the voices that you're bringing to the, the public through the, the lens of technology. You know, that's where it's such a blessing. And I'm, I'm so yeah. grateful you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much. It's so yeah. fun. I love, I love having such a, I mean, I've always been one who attracted all kinds of people to, I'm attracted to all kinds of people. I don't have like this, this I was always the freak in high school. And, you know, like, <laughs> I would have been your friend. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And, um, and I love it. I love seeing, you know, from, um, I interviewed a woman the other day who um, was a branding expert. You know, so we get technical, we get into the business stuff, and then we get into the spiritual stuff, and we get into the emotional stuff. And I love having that connection and being able to bring that to yeah. yeah. all of us. It takes all of us. And yeah, it really does. Amazing, magical work. Uh, it's so inspiring and so, so creative. And, you know, if I didn't have that, I would, I would, I don't know, walk away. <laughs> yeah we have to find you know what is our calling what is our life purpose that's when we get depressed that's when people get sad is when they when they forget what they're here to do and I I really recall that and bring that into my heart every day is what it what am I here to do and I am I am a helper and I am a first responder and I I'm really here to help and that's what gets me up in the morning and you're a firefighter <laughs> yeah firefighter first responder and and helper of the hearts <laughs> oh, I get, wait, I'm writing that down. Firefighter, first responder, and a, what, a healer of the hearts? Helper of the hearts. Helper, helper of the hearts. Yeah. So good, Annie. It's just delightful and delicious. Awe-inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I will put in your... Um, your website so people can join your tribe or come study with you or whatever they need to do. <laughs> yeah. So I have the Yoga Union Community Wellness Center and then also Primal Vinyasa Yoga is where most people can find me these days. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank really you. Appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you everybody out in Heart and Hustle Land for joining us for yet another 
another inspired conversation. And um, may you go out in the world and shine your light too.